Car repair, the nightmare of the Western world. You don't know the difference between the catalytic converter and the powertrain, the carburetor and the camshaft. You've been ripped off endlessly by unscrupulous mechanics who've charged hundreds or thousands of dollars. You're sick of feeling like a complete idiot, and you just don't want to take it or pay for it anymore. Well, your life's about to change. Meet Pam Oaks, ASE certified and top-notch auto technician host, shop owner, and author of Car Care for the Clueless, or How to Make Money While Maintaining a Vehicle. She'll answer your questions and teach you how to talk car talk. Get under the hood right now with Pam. Hey guys, welcome back to another show. On this week's Car Care for the Clueless, we have Peter Sudak, our gadget guru. We're going to be going over what you need to do to prep yourself for summer travel in your car or pick up a rental car. Either way, very sound advice from Peter and myself. Of course, we're going to be wrapping it up with a couple of recalls on vehicles in multiple makes and models regarding seats and taillights. Very, very important. We don't want you to miss out on that. We have our automotive history lesson. We haven't had one of those in a while. We'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. But first, we'd like to recognize Jasper Engines and Transmissions. Jasper Engines and Transmissions, 100% associate-owned. If you're in need of an engine or a transmission, ask for Jasper by name. And remember, it comes with a three-year, 100,000-mile warranty, and that's nationwide. And if you decide to sell the vehicle beforehand, well, that transfers over to the new owner. So that's a good selling point, going into something new or maybe a different type of a vehicle. And remember, it's cheaper to purchase an engine or a transmission than it is the entire car more cost effective that way in most cases so check it out if you are in that position ask for jasper by name so let's get on with our what we need to pack our car for safe summer travel first thing i'd recommend have it go into your asc blue seal shop and have an asc technician check it over for things like fluid levels possibly it's time for an oil change check the coolant level and condition belts hoses and what about those tires peter Definitely got to check the tires because that's the only thing between you and the road. So they've got to be in good shape, have plenty of tread depth, make sure you've got good air pressure in them. Also make sure they're not wearing strange as well. So if you need an alignment before you go so you don't prematurely wear the tires out. And you know, a lot of people don't realize that tire pressure and tire alignment have a ton to do with fuel economy. That is correct. Absolutely. And how they do that is with the correct tire pressure in there that lets the vehicle drive easier on the road. It doesn't create as much drag. And with the tires being lined up properly, that creates less drag as well. So the car will drive down the road smoother and won't take as much fuel to get where you need to go. And, you know, another thing, too, to remember is that if you want to save on fuel economy as well, keep that gas gauge above quarter tank remember folks when it goes below quarter tank you might down the road damage the fuel pump as well so that's another food for thought and fuel pumps are not cheap no they're not are they the last one we had to put in a car was almost nine hundred dollars yeah i remember that one module and all yes so please pay attention to that and you know while you have those tires off and getting rotated uh have them check the brakes Brake condition is very important. Remember, if you can't stop, you can get hurt or kill someone or yourself. But 
it's not like if you can't start the car where nobody does get hurt. That's right. Yeah, brakes are very important as well as you got to get to your destination, but you be also got to be able to stop once you get there. And remember that we're looking approximately at 3.30 seconds of an inch. My interpretation of 10% is a lot different than Peter's interpretation of 10% or yours. That'd be correct. Yeah, they have special gauges to measure those brake pads, and any qualified ASC certified technician should have a set of those in his toolbox and should be able to measure those for you and determine whether the brakes can get you on your trip safely or if they need to be replaced before you go. Very important point. That's true. While we're talking about getting the car loaded up, when you sit in that captain's chair in that driver's seat, make sure you don't have any lights illuminated on the dash that don't belong there. And the best way you can tell is remove those photographs. You know, get some two-way tape, 3M two-way tape, and stick them on your dash, but they don't belong on the instrument panel across the gauges. You need to see all those gauges. And we see a lot of cars that come into my shop that have issues for overheating, brake lights on, things like that that they don't realize because they've got photographs on the instrument panel. That's not where they belong. If they belong there, they would have frames for them, and they don't. So please don't drive with any lights illuminated on your dash, and don't put photographs so you can't see the light. Also, one of my favorite ones that I've seen is electrical tape. It's good for le- it's good for electrical connectors, but it doesn't hide the light very well. So no, it doesn't. You can still see it. I've seen several cars that they just block out the light and think the problem's going to go away when it's just going to gradually get worse. And I can tell you right now that no ASC technician is going to tell you that it's okay to drive with a check engine light on. That's false. Yeah, even if it's just a minor problem, the problem needs to be corrected before you take off anywhere because it can go from minor to major. Pretty quick. Sometimes pretty quick, yes. Mm -hmm. So now that we got our car and working order and we've had our safety check and everything's a go uh, let's talk about packing that trunk for the car first we want to make sure that that spare tire is inflated that would be the first thing to do yes mm-hmm. along with the tires on the car yes you know if any thing would happen peter talked in the past about those portable air pumps and that would be a perfect time to have that in your trunk as well just it's, in case it's definitely in a on the side of the road emergency item in case you have tire problems, and then you can pull over, put air in the tire, and get yourself safely to a repair shop to get the tire fixed or if it needs to be replaced. Well, you know, another thing, too, if you happen to get a flat, that you want to make sure you have the proper socket to fit on the lug nut, that, that little silver nut on the wheel. It's called lug nut. So you can remove that tire and put your spare on. Right, because you should be able to do it by yourself on the side of the road. If the technician who did your safety check uses the torque sticks to properly mm-hmm. torque your wheels down and Which not overly tighten them, then they should be easily removable on the side of the road, but they're still plenty tight enough to keep the wheels on the car. So That's correct. And make sure you have the correct socket as well. That's very important because mm-hmm. if you don't, the lug nuts will not come off and you're going to end up stripping them. Oh, especially if you have wheel locks on there. And for those of you who do not know what a wheel lock is, 
It is a specially designed lug nut that has a specific pattern on it. So if you're parked in a situation that you know that people steal the tires and rims off your car, it makes it much, much harder to do so. If you do have the locking lugs on there, please make sure you know where that key's at. Yes, I've been doing many tires over the years. I've had to go searching high and low to try and find them in cars. Yeah. And, it's, and they put them in some strange spots sometimes. So make sure whoever's going to be changing the tire in the emergency knows exactly where it's at so you can get to it, change the tire, and get on your way. That's right. And, you know, we have those flares. We were talking about those LED flares. They're really yeah. cheap. They fit flat where your spare tire's at. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, right? and keep yourself visible while you're changing your tires so the oncoming traffic can see you. Yes, and you know, a small uh, mini toolkit, you know, has screwdrivers and a couple sockets in it. You don't have to go out and buy one. You can just make one up from what you have at home and just put it in a fishing tackle box or what have you, and you, just in case, you yeah. never know. If it's if it's something minor that you think you can do on the side of the road that'll get you to a service station, then do it, but... You don't need a whole garage toolbox stuffed in your trunk because chances are if it needs that many tools, you're going to have to take it to the garage and get it towed in there anyway. Yeah, well, this is just to get you out of a little jam. Right. Not to do major repairs on the side of the road, of course. Um, Always good. Duct tape. Yes. One million and one uses of duct tape. And that could be for if you have a hose that had ruptured and it can get you at least to a service station or somewhere else for help. And duct tape, uh, like I said, if you got an accident and the vehicle, you can still drive it, but if one of the panels is kind of hanging there or anything, just slap some duct tape on it and keep on going. Also, one other good use for duct tape is to hold windows up in case for some reason the window won't stay up in case it rains on you. At least you're going to get the interior of their car wet. So that's That's true. That's one other use for the duct tape as well. We see that in all makes and models, don't we? Yeah, we've seen that before in the shop as well. People people have had to resort to it, yeah. But you know it got them out of a jam. Yes, it did. You know, another good idea is have a small tarp in case, you know, you're out in the weather and it's raining and you have to change that flat yep it'd be nice to have yourself covered i mean you still might get a little wet but it's better than being completely drenched yeah that's right exactly so moving on we have our suitcase packed for the car and we have our personal suitcases packed now we need to know where we're going it doesn't matter where we're going to go but we need to get there safely so the best rule of thumb is to plan your route like a good scout don't rely upon that GPS. We've had an instance where my parents, they were driving and they are going across the bridge and a highly regarded brand name GPS told them to turn left on the bridge. They would have taken them right into the water. Sure would have. And, you know, you've heard of people getting into accidents because they're not paying attention and they're listening to that GPS. In fact, one of my employees who has a high-end uh, European model They uh, just purchased a little while back, and they had their GPS that was programmed from the dealership, and it told them to turn right, and they would have went into a cow field. Well, the only thing I could think of is either the GPS screwed up or the car wanted to go see cows, one of the two. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) One of the two. But, you know, there's just nothing like prepping for your travel and knowing where you're going. Yep, a good old-fashioned printed map, I believe, is the best way to go. That's the easiest way. You can 
memorize it pretty much or have your driving companion read it off to you as you go along. It's a lot easier to do that instead of relying on the GPS because half the time the GPS is wrong and it won't get you in the right direction. That's true. And, you know, you don't have to have the old-fashioned folded maps. Uh, There are plenty of sites on the Internet that provide topography service yeah i believe uh, MapQuest is one of them that'll get you it mm-hmm. tells you mileage gives you all the directions you need and we've used it a few times and it's been right on the money every time mm-hmm. and this is good even when you get off the highway and you get in town driving it's always good to know where you're going because we're in an area here where there's a lot of tourists and unfortunately they're not paying attention to the traffic they're looking for street signs or landmarks and we've seen them go straight across three lanes to go from the far left to the far right just because they have to turn there well you know what you don't have to turn right there if you miss your mark go up to the next intersection and just make a u-turn yeah make it safe for everybody well when you make your get up to your u-turn make your u-turn it's legal and then make your U-turn and then go back to the street that you were supposed to turn on, the one that you missed. And for the second half of the show, we'd like to recognize AC Delco Parts. AC Delco Parts, I put them in my customers' cars for the last couple of decades. I put them in my personal vehicles. They don't have to be a General Motors product to put AC Delco Part in your vehicle. They're reliable, they're very well made, and it's a high-quality part. So in your foreign or domestic vehicle, if you're in need of a part exchange, ask for AC Delco parts by name. You won't be disappointed. Great quality product. While we're talking about your car running down the road, let's discuss what you need to do in case you don't want to go on that long road trip and you have an alternative mode of transportation. We don't want to drive far because we don't have that much time, so we're going to fly to our destination and we're going to still need the assistance of that online map and possibly a GPS. But we need to make sure when we rent that car at the airport that it's safe as well. Uh, for an example, I rented one a little while back. And knowing what I know about automobiles, I checked out the tires. And I'm glad I did because they were almost bald on the inside. And I told them that I wasn't driving this car. They automatically gave me a new car. Not a problem. They apologize. This is something that their safety inspection is supposed to do, but sometimes if they're really busy and it's during season, they're not going to catch it. So you need to be vigilant about it yourself. Also, another thing, uh, Peter was telling me that when he went away last year, he ran into a little bit of a problem with his rental car. Yeah, I had a problem driving on the freeway and at 70 to 75, which is the speed you had to go, otherwise you'd get run over. And uh, the car was had an intermittent vibration. It would drive smooth and it would shake real bad and it was making some funky noises coming out of the right front wheel and again, maybe the hub bearing was starting to go bad, the wheel bearing where the wheel attaches to was starting to go bad and as we drove along it started getting worse and worse and the shaking got worse and worse and finally I took it back to the rental car place I told them this car is not safe you've got to fix it and they apologized profusely and I had a compact car and they upgraded me to a midsize no questions asked no price raise no nothing they just got me in one as, as quick as possible it took me ahead of the line and 
that was it. So that's one good thing, but just be aware of the car as well. If you notice any problems at all, take it back to the rental place and get yourself another one. Mm -hmm. But, you know, actually before you leave the rental parking lot and you're in your new rental car, you need to check out the interior before you go anywhere. Uh, first of all, you want to know where the wipers are at, where the headlights are at, climate control, if you want AC or if you want heat. The most important people you see on the road actually leaving airports, they're fiddling with that radio. You know what? Choose your radio stations while you're sitting there. Take an extra five minutes instead of weaving in and out of the lane while we're driving behind you, while you're trying to figure out which station you prefer in that specific city. It's just the safe thing to do. It's the sensible thing to do. But most of all, know your destination. Know where you're going to. Know where you're going to turn. And it's going to make your trip event-free as in traffic accidents or downtime with a car. And most of all, if you have a question... You can always ask. You can stop, uh, see if there's a service station might be able to help you, like one of the gas stations. They're pretty informative. You can stop at the police station if you see one or even the fire department. They should be able to direct you because obviously they've got to know exactly where they're going in case of an emergency. So those would be the two best places, I think, to stop and get direct if you're not sure where you're going well you know i've gotten bad directions before we all have and that's what i seek out is either the local police or fire you know it's not emergency don't park in front of the fire department doors please it's a non-emergency park in their parking lot and take your map with you and explain that you need help and they'll be more happy to help you out yeah they're very nice about that they don't think of it inconvenience that's just part of their service that they provide is giving directions as well that's right as long as emergency services okay so let's recap here um we want to make sure our vehicle has a safety inspection that everything's okie dokie to go on the highway and we want to make sure that we have a toolkit in our vehicle to supply us with items that in case of an emergency we can get through it and get to a proper place for repair and proper tools make sure that if you got to change a spare make sure you got the proper wrench and also mm -hmm. you make sure you have a jack back there because sometimes the jack disappears and also if you've got to change a tire other than the lug wrench or the tools to get the lug nuts off make sure there is a jack back there as well that's one point that definitely very very important very important. You can't change the tire without it. No, <laughs> you sure can't. <laughs> either can any of the road services. No, nope, they won't be able to help you either. No, they won't. Another thing is make sure you're not driving with any lights illuminated on your dash that aren't supposed to be there. And that you definitely don't want any photos up there. So if any do pop up, you know about it. That's right. The dash has got to be clear and make sure the light is okay. Or if it's not, get it addressed. Before you go. You want to plan your route. Uh, don't rely on the GPS. Like Peter says, use the MapQuest or other internet programs that provide maps. And if you're flying, be familiar with your rental car. Yes, definitely. Get familiar with your rental car before you leave the parking lot to make sure you know where all the options are. The windshield wipers, radio, heat and air conditioning. If you want to tune in for your radio station, do it in the parking lot before you go before you leave. Okay, and know where you're going. and That's right. Ask for directions if you get lost. Peter, thank you for stopping in today. 
And I hope this helps our listeners. I'm sure it will. I hope it does, too. That's been our goal this summer, so I hope it helped a lot of people out there. To... Yeah, I'm sure it has. And next, we're going to be talking about our trouble service bulletins. This week, we're talking about brake light switches for people who are driving vehicles that have an issue with the brake light switch. You won't know it, but you may know it soon enough because the brake lights will not illuminate when you step on your brakes and somebody might not be paying attention and plow on the back of you, and we don't want that. So we're going to be talking about that. And also on seats. We're having some issues with seats for several manufacturers. So let's get to our first service bulletin. This is going to be for 2006-2007 Kia models, various models. And it's regarding the exterior brake light switch. They're having an issue with it. Some of them are actually sticking on. And if you're not paying attention, you'll try to get in your car the next morning. The battery will be dead because the brake lights have been on all night. And another situation that they're not illuminating at all. This brake light switch is extremely important for those Kias that have cruise control. Because that's how you disarm your cruise control when using it on the highway. So the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration wants these vehicles repaired. Next on our list is going to be multi-manufacturer recall. It's going to be for a 2000 Dodge Caravan, 2000 Ford E150, the vans, the E150 Ford vans, a 2006 Toyota Sienna, and a 2000 Ford E350, the Super Duty van. What's going on there is they're having a problem with the seats, the power seats. When it gets cold, the power seats are having a problem. There's a weld in there that actually holds the seat together with the power seat. With a severe cold like we experience up north, that weld could actually break. So that wouldn't be too much fun while we're driving. They want to get these fixed up. And again, if you'd contact your local manufacturer regarding this or... Again, the National Highway Safety Administration will have the bulletin, the model and make, and we'll have the phone numbers. And now that we have you safely buckled in that seat, that new, secure, redesigned, recalled seat, we're going to give you a little automotive history while you're sitting in that front seat. You know, on occasion we look up, we look side to side, and what do we see? We see mirrors. That's right, mirrors. So we can see what's actually going on behind us because, unfortunately, we need eyes all around our head for the, today's traffic. It wasn't until 1912 before they had rally mirrors, or some call them fender mirrors, some others call them wing mirrors. But those side mirrors that are on the door started in a road race, and that was the first time anybody saw a mirror on the fender of a car while it was racing around that brickyard oval. Through the years, they brought the mirror closer. I had a 60 New Yorker, and that was what they call it a fender mirror. It was actually on the left front fender. And as time passed, those mirrors got closer to the driver for a less obstructed view. You weren't looking at that pillar bouncing your head back and forth trying to see the mirror. It went to a single mirror. Some of them started going dual mirrors. Back in the 70s, it was a popular thing to do. And they would call them rally mirrors. I don't know if some of you remember that. And of course, it was just an old-fashioned rally mirror. And you had to position that right mirror yourself. Cables, that was a luxury, having a cable to actually move and reposition that right side, that passenger side rally mirror. 
And then we got a little bit more sophisticated. And of course, we went to electric mirrors. And then, of course, we went to heated mirrors. We started getting spoiled, didn't we, guys? <laughs> Over to the heated mirrors. But, you know, when all is said and done, this is for your safety. Always check your mirrors. And you want to make sure that before changing lanes to check both mirrors. And don't forget that rearview mirror that popped up in cars back in 1906 to present. Very, very important to check what's going on behind you, especially if you're going to change lanes. Now I'm going to give you a little automotive history trivia. Remember way back they used to have objects appear closer, actually etched in the mirror? Well, the reason why this was, the car manufacturers were trying to get the driver a more expanded view on those dead spots, those blind spots on the right side of the car. So they would make the mirror actually a little bit convexed to get a broader view of what was going on. Well, because of that bend in the mirror, it actually made the objects look farther away than they really were. So you could have that broader view, that expanded view of what was going behind you. And of course, you know, nowadays with the technology, they've gotten much, much better. It's still a little distorted, but they've made great improvements. So I hope you found that topic as interesting as I did. Actually, I was kind of thrown into that one because I recently had my driver's license renewed and I have monovision, which means one eye's close and the other eye you can see far away. Uh, that entitles me that I need to have a rally mirror or a fender or a wing mirror on the side of the car when I drive. Some new rule in the state that I reside in. Since my monovision is naturally occurring you know, all these years, I never had this restriction, but now that I do, I thought I'd look into it a little bit more and Got a little history lesson. You guys got a little history lesson. And, you know, speaking about history, it's time to wrap up the show for this week. Again, thank you for listening. We really appreciate your comments, your emails. Keep those emails going. We're answering them as quick as we can. And again, thank you, Peter Sudak, our gadget guru, for joining in and helping us learn how to help ourselves on the road this summer. In case we have a little incident, we know how to handle it now, don't we, Peter? And again, all this is to make you a savvy car care consumer. Until next week, take care. Thanks for joining us today. Please make sure to come back next week for another edition of Car Care for the Clueless. And don't forget to look for Pam's book, Car Care for the Clueless, or How to Make Money While Maintaining a Vehicle. You'll find it on our website. Just click on the icon Host Website right in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. See you next week.